Welcome to the Education Marketing Leader Podcast with Chris Raposo. If you're looking to dive into the latest industry insights, draw inspiration from education success stories, or just want to sharpen your marketing skills, you're in the right place. Here, we bring you a diverse range of voices from experts and leaders in the field, offering you a unique blend of professional development and practical strategies. Whether you want to understand your audience better, stay updated with the latest tech trends in marketing, or expand your professional network, we've got you covered. So while you're driving on your morning commute or winding down after a busy day, let's explore the dynamic world of education marketing together. Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of the Education Marketing Leader with Chris Raposo. Today I have the honor of welcoming Kathleen Stockhamp, the Chief Marketing Officer from South College. Well, I'm really happy to have you. I was referred to you by our mutual connection, Olivia. You used to work with her. She is my AMA mentor. So thanks to Olivia if you're listening. Uh, love her. We worked together uh, many, many years ago at Response Media in Atlanta, Georgia. Love her. She's fantastic. Good. So I did a little bit of research on you before we scheduled this episode. We had a call before. So I know that you worked in marketing for over 20 years and you held various positions at big companies such as Office Max and Best Buy. But then in April 2022, you made a switch to higher ed marketing. And that's why you're here today. You took the position as CMO at South College. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into marketing and then how you ended up at South College and why you made the move to higher education? Absolutely. I started out in television news, uh, working in Atlanta, Georgia at uh, the local CBS affiliate and at CNN. Um, And I sort of backed into a dot-com career, uh, working for America Online in Digital City, which was the first iteration of local content that that AOL had uh, back in, oh, this is going to make me sound really old, uh, (laughs) in about 1995. So if you're doing the math at home, you know how old I am. Um, (laughs) But started out at AOL, and then I got hired to join the very first shopping team at AOL when they were launching AOL shopping. So if you can uh, take your mind back to that time, of course, nobody had e-commerce experience. Nobody really had online experience. Mm-hmm. And a few of my colleagues thought I was crazy uh, to go to do something like sell things online. You know, nobody's going to buy anything online. Uh, and, you know, and that was the late nineties and uh, I was uh, uniquely positioned and extremely fortunate to really be on the front lines in the birth of e-commerce uh, in 1998 when AOL put up its first million dollar holiday. And this is back when big brands like Office Depot uh, and Best Buy were buying their AOL keyword for lots and lots of money. Um, I stayed at AOL several years and then Office Depot reached out and said, um, you know, we've just signed this really large AOL keyword deal. We really need someone to manage it who knows the online space. Uh, And again, nobody had that kind of experience at that time. And so I joined Office Depot as their very first director of online advertising. And that really just kind of started it. So again, I was incredibly fortunate to be on the forefront of that. So I've been in e-commerce uh, about 27 years. Oh, there you go again with the age. Um, about 27 years. Um, and then um, I was uh, working for a retailer that's based here in Knoxville. And uh, I got a call 
uh, from the Chief Operating Officer here at South College and uh, wanted to talk about technology and about 15 minutes into that phone call, um, I realized it was about a job and I was like, oh, okay. And I, the first thing I said is, you know, look, I am not an EDU person. I have no academic experience. I know nothing about the EDU space. But, you know, I've always found that, you know, a good marketer can market anything, mm -hmm. you know, Q-tips, sweaters, shoes, you know, it's, it's really about knowing the tactics yeah. and the audience. And so I made the leap to the EDU space and uh, joined uh, as chief marketing officer in April of, uh, of 22. So I'm coming up on two years. So it's been a very busy 21 months or 22 months, actually, that I've been here. That's a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, and you're a trailblazer too. So that's very attractive to uh, these presidents and these decision makers at higher institutions and talking to other higher ed uh, CMOs and VPs of marketing. I can I can tell you that they're bringing more and more people from the private sector into higher education to help them revamp, especially as the enrollment cliff is approaching to change their strategies, change their tactics and attract more potential uh, traditional age students as that number uh, dwindles, but we talked about a big initiative you had once you started at South College, which which was to revamp your website, launch a new website. So let's focus the episode on that because that is a big, big undertaking that could be intimidating to a lot of uh, hired marketers. So could you share with us some of the strategic visions that went behind um, South College's new website. Why the overhaul in the first place, right? And how does it align with the institution's overall goals, especially student enrollment? So when I started, the site had been live uh, close to six years and really had not been updated. So it was in bad need of a facelift and it was in bad need of a lot of more modernized, more updated look and feel if you look across the competitive landscape. So the good news is I did not encounter any reluctance. Everyone said, yes, yes, we need to do this. Um, I think the from a strategic standpoint, you have to realize, particularly in the EDU space, you have so many constituents that need to be involved, academics, program directors, campus presidents, uh, of course, the chancellor who I report up into, uh, the executive team, the business team, uh, but then you also have compliance. Uh, and we work very closely with our, uh, with our um, chief uh, compliance officer. So I had a lot of cooks in the kitchen, um, and, but it was a very, gradual undertaking because I'm coming at it with the e-commerce experience of of user experience, customer engagement, you know, ease of finding, ease of getting the information, UX, UI. So I'm coming at it from a completely different angle. Um, but, you know, we started out, we had worked with a, a really great third party that really got us started from um, a design standpoint. We wanted to update the colors. We wanted to update the design, have it, you know, have a much more updated look and feel, as I mentioned. But for me, our the, the previous website that we had when I started, it was so incredibly difficult to navigate um, and to find things. And not knowing a whole lot about the school when I started, if I found it difficult, I can't imagine how you know difficult that must be for a parent of a high school child, you know, a high school kid, or you know, an 18, 19, 20 year old who's used to mobile, mobile, and mm -hmm. can you know get their way through. And the mobile experience was not good. Um, so I really approached it from that point. 
And as we went through the design, it was really important to me that we try to, again, again, taking that e-commerce experience of where everything is located very uh, conveniently in one page. The previous website, it was drill down, drill down, drill down, and, and, it's, and it's difficult. And again, when you're on a device that's this size, you're making it even doubly difficult for that person. So in that constituency building, I wanted to make sure that I was able to sort of answer, you know, their needs and answer what they wanted. And, and I'll be honest with you, there were many days um, as we got into the final stages of sort of approving the look and feel before the build started, I just felt like I couldn't make anybody happy. You know, this person didn't like this, this person didn't like that. We want to move this around. Why can't this be here? And I'm kind of like mobile experience. We need to be careful to make sure that the mobile experience and mobile first yeah. is how we're designing and how we're thinking about that. And again, I think strategically for anyone that's considering a website change, you really have to put yourselves in the shoes of the user. You have to do that. And it can't be driven solely from the academic point of view or solely from the business point of view. It must be user first and it must be done um, thinking about uh, you know, again, that parent, that young student, or even that 45-year-old or 50-year-old who's thinking about changing careers and getting, you know, a more advanced degree. They just want to get in, get out. They want that. You know, everybody says, oh, the Amazon experience. But, I mean, you really want to take best practice from the behemoths out there that do it right. And so that's what I tried to bring to the table. Wasn't always successful in, in some of those endeavors, but but that's really kind of the you know, the, the beachhead of where we started. Absolutely. You, you, you did the right approach. Student first, mobile first, alleviate friction. You know, that's what it's all about. Some of the key features that you think um, will impact student enrollment. Is it is it mobile first? Is there anything else you, you think that's a great feature on the website that'll, that'll help you attract more students? Yeah, I think it's actually a combination of things. Mobile first, for sure. But for me, it's all about speed. Everyone wants that site to load quickly, load fast, get to all the information. Um, I have a fun little game that I play with all of my uh, colleagues now that the new site is live. I call it Stump the, the Search Bar. Um, the site search on our previous site was terrible. Um, you couldn't find anything. The, even the word tuition didn't come up, which was like weird. Mm -hmm. So we deployed a parametric uh, element to the site search. So it's, you know, if this, then that, which means that the, the parametric read of the site, everything shows up. So it's not just I'm looking for tuition, but when you pull up tuition, you also get it for every program where there is a differentiation. Some of our more advanced programs have different tuition schedules. It's all there, very easy to find. Um, so site search is incredibly important. Um, but I also wanted to um, play heavily into the mediums that people are used to, being able to play videos on their phone. So we've been adding our TV commercials, um, videos, location videos. We're adding a lot more. There's a lot more of that coming. So we also, I also wanted to, to think about that. I think as it relates to, um, you know, as we're looking at it from a prospect standpoint, we also wanted to make sure and for me especially, that there's there's really an ease of use. It's very intuitive of how you find it. The academic flyout menu, you see all of our programs. You see all of the levels of programs, concentrations, and degrees. You see everything. And it's not making you, you know, go down this long, horrible staircase of step down, step down to find it. It's super easy, super fast. And again, it's intuitive, it's clean. 
Um, but we're also thinking, um, thinking long-term about making sure that it has some stickiness and also some things that establish more of a brand feel. Um, we changed our colors. Uh, we've, the school has historically been more of that maroon, heavy, heavy dark reds, mm -hmm. dark colors. I hired um, an amazing creative director that I worked with at a previous company. Um, and the first thing we worked on is changing and updating that brand, that look and feel, that color palette. So it's bright, it's vibrant. Um, it suggests, you know, action. It's, it definitely gets your attention. It pops in all of our paid media, paid marketing, but on, then on the website, it's also very consistent um, and it shows all the way through. We got rid of the squared off square boxes. It's rounded, it's warm. I mean, and so again, we're really trying to accomplish a lot of different things with that. But I think, I think speed, uh, site search for sure were the most mm. important things as it relates to getting someone from being in that consideration bucket to submitting that lead and saying, I'm in, I want to hear more. Kudos to your creative director and kudos to you for bringing him in. What's, what's his name? Give him a shout out. Oh, he's fantastic. His name is Jose Salas and he is uh, a legend actually here in Knoxville, extremely well-known in incredibly talented. Uh, and I was just extraordinarily fortunate that he, you know, uh, took a chance on leaving e-commerce uh, to come join us. He's been amazing. Actually, my entire team is just phenomenal. I can't say enough about my whole team. They're amazing. I'm, I'm extremely lucky. <laughs> awesome. Very good to hear. So when you get the user um, experience approach, right, for the website to ensure that it's intuitive and engaging for prospective students, did you draw, I'm sure you did, right? Did you draw on your experience in e-commerce? Because you mentioned that you, a lot of people talk about bringing the Amazon experience to a higher ed website, right? Was that something you you actively drew on from the past? Absolutely, because I, I went really back to basics, and um, I'm actually the parent of two college students. I have one in graduate school and one who's a senior, and I put myself back in the days of if I'm a parent, uh, and you know, school is expensive. It's a life-changing decision. What information do I need? What information would I be looking for? Um, and so that's kind of where I started. Um, and from the user experience, again, what you bring from e-commerce is almost that categorization breakdown, size, color, dimensions, you know, and, and sort of taking that approach. So when you look at a program page, what you see is here's more about the program. Here are the scholarships that you mm -hmm. are, might be eligible for that program. Here are the locations where that program is available. Here's more descriptions. Here's our admissions process. Here's the student outcomes. And it's all very easily located on that page. So again, as someone who sort of doesn't know what they're looking at or they're not really sure. We've also added these fun little dialogue boxes that, you know, you may enjoy this line of study if, mm. and it has these generalized statements. Like, you know, if you're looking at an accounting degree and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. And then, you, it, you know, we put in these statements like you really love math, you love spreadsheets, you like the story that, that mathematical equations or data is telling you, you know, we're really trying to help um, the, the student uh, really formulate what they're really truly passionate about. And the passion is, I feel like, what's going to drive them to go, you know what, I want to learn more about this. Same thing with a video. If you have the opportunity to hear a student testimonial, a student, you look like me, you sound like me, 
you know, I'm kind of interested in what you have to say. And you watch the video and this, we have it for our, we have competency-based education, which is another format besides being on ground and online. We have competency-based education, which is um, for some of our more advanced degrees where it's a six month subscription and you go as far as you can go in that six mm -hmm. months. Um, and we have a doctor of business administration, for instance, we have a doctor of, uh, of education and you know we have this amazing video where these people from all walks of life and all ages are saying i'm getting my doctor of business administration because you know i'm ready to turn a corner in my career i'm ready to do something else um or people told me i couldn't do these things and i'd never get this far and it, it so again it's those inspiring stories that can do more than marketing copy could ever do so related back to the amazon experience what's the first thing you do as a consumer you look at the reviews. Mm -hmm. The reviews are like, I love this product or don't buy it a size up. You know, I'm, I'm a female, so I'm always looking at the reviews because when a lady is uh, saying, hey, buy this a size up, it's too tight. I'm like, oh yeah, better do that, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of that same affinity experience where I'm going to follow what the, what my affinity says. Again, you look like me, you sound like me, you're interested in what I'm interested in. Gosh, that's compelling. And again, it, it, it sometimes weighs more than any marketing fluffy copy could ever do. And so again, just pulling all of that experience in to make it more comprehensive. And most importantly, to give it more than that singular face of here's our website, here's our program. You know, mm -hmm. it's really like, here's our entire experience. Here's what you find at each campus. You know, here are all the great things that are going on. You know, one of the things that we pride ourselves um, at South College, we're across six states and we have eight campuses plus online, is the amenities are phenomenal. It's one of the reasons, quite frankly, um, that I was very interested in this job. Um, the, the labs, the classrooms, the simulation uh, rooms that they use for nursing and physician's assistant are incredible. Um, and it's just, you have to find a way to make that sort of jump off the page. So it's not just we say it's incredible. No, it's really incredible. Come look at it. And so again, that's that, that um, you know, more that, that three-dimensional approach that we wanted um, for, for these uh, potential students and even parents alike. Yeah, it sounds like you, you really put your mind to it. And I, I love that you um, implemented a personalization strategy there too. Like these kids, they come on their website, they have a general idea what they like, but then when you said, hey, you may like this or this or that, right, that that helps them get into the right path from the start instead of jumping around and switching majors uh, three or four times throughout their college career, right? And then having to spend Absolutely. more money on it because they have to make up some classes, right? Um, but let's talk about the content strategy for your for your new website. How did you decide what information should be included and presented um, to appeal to those prospective students? Yeah, the first stop in those decisions really start with our compliance. So we work very, very closely with our vice chancellor and she's over all of compliance. So we have content that must be there. Uh, mm -hmm. Student outcomes, obviously graduation rates, uh, Bureau of Labor and Statistics, uh, you know, things like that we must include. So that's really where we start from is here are all the things we must have. And then we kind of push it towards to here's all the things that a consumer should know outside of compliance, which is how long the program lasts. What do you learn? Uh, what are the skills you'll be potentially, you know, if you're successful and you 
graduate, here are the skills you'll be, you know, that you'll walk out with. Um, and then, of course, scholarships are incredibly important. Scholarship grants, um, you know, we're extremely fortunate for most of the states we're in. We have some really amazing um, grant scholarship opportunities, and we also participate, obviously, in several federal programs. Um, we, and again, as a student, as a parent, you know, you, you need to figure out how to pay for this. Um, and so we, we keep it very easy, convenient, and very snackable sizes, clickable, uh, you know, scholarship icons as you can go and learn more, read more, understand them. But, you know, that's got to be there, too. And then the content, uh, the, again, the, when I mentioned the um, you will uh, enjoy this line of study uh, statements, I really wanted to dig into it. I really kind of got into the head of honestly my two college students that I, I, I kind of have an idea of you know, what really drives them, things that they're interested in. But I also had an opportunity um, here. We have two campuses here in Knoxville, here uh, where my office is. I ask students in the elevator, you know, when they have on their scrubs and they've come from class. And I'm like, you know, what made you choose diagnostic medical sonography? What made you choose that? And they're like, oh, I just, I really love helping people. And, you know, I think, you know, taking, um, x-rays are really cool and you know I love seeing the inside of the body and I'm like okay and that's kind of where that clue came from um, you know talking to our nursing students that are scattered at you know at every campus we have nurses are driven by a lot of different things it's usually a personal experience where they had a nurse that took great care of them or a family member mm -hmm. or they're really driven by just um, being able to be on the front lines in an exciting environment, you know, working in an emergency room where there's, you know, con constant, you know, movement going on, you know, every person is driven differently. And so trying to encapsulate that into statements that are more relatable, because again, some of the programs um, in our um, computing and technology um, section are, you know, also people that are more data driven, you know, their, their, their brain works a little bit differently. That's different from someone who is wanting to work in the healthcare field, but this is someone who is driven by data, story that data tells, or you love math and you love solving problems, but even for criminal justice and our criminal justice degrees, you know, you like, these um, these dramas on television, crime solving. You know, crime solving is really big in podcasts right now. I know because I get advertisements mm -hmm. for it. Um, but people are really driven by the you know kind of the who done it and you know finding the clues. So if you're really interested in finding the clues and you like drama, you know, criminal justice may be a great place for you to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really trying to sort of peel back the onion and really understand what drives someone to the kind of you know. Um, direction they want to go for, you know, their, their life, their livelihood. And we're just trying to find cool, creative ways to do that. I really love that you, did you collect first party data from those students on the elevator to help you better market to those students? It's the wisdom of crowds. I mean, mm -hmm. again, it's, it's pulling from that e-commerce experience. I can't tell you how many times and you know, 27 years of e-commerce that, you know, when c customers are happy, they're going to put comments in, they're going to email you, they're going to put comments on your social media. And when they're not happy, they're going to let everybody know about it. And they're going to tell you all the things that they don't like. So you would be foolish to only listen to the people sitting at the table around you and not getting a sense um, from, you know, what, what consumers really, really think and how they're feeling. And so I definitely took that approach because again, it's just, it, it's just pulling in all of that sentiment, good and bad. 
um, to help drive it. You know, and I also um, we have a pretty pretty large social media presence. Um, and so myself and, um, and someone on my team, we monitor all that. I read every comment, I read every message and it's, it's fascinating because you also, that's how I figured out that the term tuition did not work mm. on our previous website because we would constantly have people writing in on our social media and direct messages going, why can't I find tuition? And I'm like, well, I'll be darn, you can't find it. So, so again, it was really important in the design of this site that the parametric uh, you know, algorithm of the, of the site search work perfectly so that there you there's no excuse. There's nothing you cannot find uh, mm -hmm. on the site and also paying attention to what Google Analytics is telling you that is most popular in the site search. And so I used that as well. And again, that's also sort of pulling ahead from the e-commerce piece where you're living and dying by what your analytics says every day. So that's been another big part of it. Yeah, it's amazing that you're, you are actually listening to the people around you and not just sitting in that echo chamber with those um, those people around you that you listen to the audience. So let's talk about those stakeholders involved. In what ways were these several stakeholders involved in the decision-making process to develop the new website? And also, how did you start? Did you get them all in a roundtable together or did you pick one um, stakeholder at a time? Well, I mean, there's, as I mentioned at the, at the start, you know, I have a lot of different constituents, you know, academics, obviously the big piece, compliance is a big piece, business and kind of the operational side of a business is, is a big piece. But, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, the chancellor is the, the buck stops with him. It's his decision. So I spent a lot of time, um, I'm not ashamed to say lobbying, uh, <laughs> uh, lobbying with him on getting him acclimated, you know, not a digital guy. And he clearly admits he's not a digital guy. So I, I really took my time in explaining to him from a user experience standpoint, things that were really important to have. And I knew that if I got his, okay, I get it. And his buy-in, it was going to be a little easier to cascade that back. But on the other side, you know, it was also important to pull in the uh, you know, the opinions of other people and pull in, obviously, the suggestions of others, because at the end of the day, the website is not just to serve marketing and just to serve getting students and leads. It also serves is really, and, and the chancellor told me this on my third day uh, as chief marketing officer, that the website was our most important campus and our most important piece of real estate, and that he was entrusting me with this most important piece of real estate. Um, and if that doesn't make you shake in your shoes, I don't know what does. So, and so, so it was really important that in the design of this site, the build, and this is an enormous site. It is just a behemoth. Um, and, you know, to get all of this content moved over, to get all of these programs moved over, to get all of this compliance language, but then also update stuff, um, you know, it was a painstaking process and we had two different vendors that helped us through the process. And then myself and my strategist, uh, we, we run the website. So it's not just building it, launching it, see you later. It's also the amount of uh, web tickets that come in. We need to change this. We need to update this. It's a new year. We have new stats. Uh, I, you know, I don't like my photo. We get a lot of those. Um, you know, and this all it, it. So it's a lot, and it's a constantly moving thing. And one thing I had to get my colleagues to understand is the website. To me, 
is a living, breathing thing. It should be constantly changing. It should constantly be updated. It's not a crockpot strategy. You don't just set it and forget it and walk away. I mean, it, it, you have to, you know, you have to feed it and care for it and update it because consumers uh, will pick up on that. If you haven't updated your YouTube channel in five years, which is kind of what it was going when I started the YouTube channel, all the videos said three years old, five years old. And I was like, oh my God, you know, so getting that updated and showing that caring and feeding of your social media channels that obviously that's somehow, that's how some people discover us. It's that viral quotient where they've seen us on Facebook or a friend of theirs posted something on LinkedIn Hmm, South College, not sure I've heard of that. We can look at that. And if the website looks like tumbleweeds and nobody's mm -hmm. taking care of it, then that's, that's a first impression you can't get yep. back. Yep. And so again, that's, that's the one thing I kept trying to get my colleagues to understand is that, you know, you have about, I don't know, I, I say in e-commerce land, it's usually about 30 seconds. But if you watch the bounce rates, you've got roughly anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds to make an impression. And they're like, eh, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they'll, they'll click out and go do something else. So the, the whole point is to get them in and have them go, oh, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I want to learn more. So. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I love that. You got to keep the content fresh. I mean, obviously, you're a higher ed institution. You have events. You have things happening, right? Put it on the news. Put it out there. Share it across the different pages to keep the re the, the content fresh and relevant and to keep your perspective as well as your current students and faculty informed of what the latest happenings are and get that buzz going, right? That excitement on campus. So every project has its challenges. Could you share one challenge you faced? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this. Yeah. What was one challenge you faced during the website um, redesign and how did you address it? Um. I think probably the most challenging thing is getting uh, some of my constituents to understand that most of our pages uh, for the ease of use on the back end are templates. So, well, can't we move this here? Can I add something here? Can we? And it's just like, um, no. <laughs> so thankfully, I was usually able to categorize it as a mobile experience that if you do this on mobile, it's going to look, you know, it's not going to look good. It's not going to line up properly. Um, and I always try, anytime there was challenges like that, I always tried to take it back to themselves as a consumer. Have you ever looked at a website uh, on your phone for something you want? You're like, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't, I can't zoom in. I can't scroll out. I can't, you know, the, I can't do these things. And it's frustrating. Um, so that was that was definitely a challenge, but I, I think that the primary challenge um, that I ran into uh, more often than not is, you know, getting folks to understand that just because they're looking at a page, and we went through endless, endless, endless QA cycles. Um, and you know, look, if you look at the site every day, all day, as we were doing, you're bound to miss stuff. You're bound to miss a, a comma that's not right or a typo somewhere. And, you know, there was definitely some panic and some freak out. And it's just like, yep, yeah, no problem. Okay, taken care of. But to get them to understand that it's not a newspaper ad, it's not a magazine ad where there's a typo, oh God, we can't do anything. It takes moments, literally moments to make that change. Um, and it's not just stuck in stone. 
Um, I think that, that's probably been our biggest challenge is, and I, look, I enjoy the evangelism of this project. I really do, because when I started, there was very little understanding of the digital space, even less understanding of the web. Um, and now here we are two years later, mm -hmm. and I have, uh, you know, some of my colleagues on the executive team are like saying mobile experience. We need to think about this and how's this going to look on mobile? And I'm like, yeah. Because it's that evangelism of getting them a little closer to my world. And so I have been a shameless networker about the website, sending links out. I even ask our partners, our digital agency, um, our, our analytics agency, other partners that we have in our ecosystem, hey, here's a staging link. What do you think? Tell me what you find. What do you think? Um, and, and so again, it's also getting that extra set of fresh eyes mm -hmm. um, on it, you know, and again, my two kids, my two college kids, I sent them a link on the phone and I'm like, okay, tell me what you think. And they both were like, well, this is much better, you know, <laughs> so it was gratifying at least in, in that regard. But I, I think the the overcoming, and I don't want to focus so much on the challenges and as much as, you know, finding ways to get over that wave and keep going is again that just constant evangelism listening but also trying to help them hit the curve of understanding you know that that the web is like i said it's, it's a living breathing thing we can make changes yes we can move things around yes we can change pictures yes we can add uh, other types of programmable content but but no we can't put a burst over here and well no we can't put the content over there we can try but it probably won't look good um, but, but like I said, we've come so far mm -hmm. in the 14 months when this project started to when it launched. And so I am incredibly proud of that. And I'm really proud of my colleagues too, um, because there definitely were days that it, it wasn't fun. And like I said, I go home and I'm just like, I cannot make anybody happy. But then there are other days when they're like, this is great. I'm like, eh. so, you know. It's a toss up. <laughs> you persevered and you got the benefits for it, the reward. So for sure, it looks beautiful. Everybody should check it out. South College will share a link to the to the site um, in the recap. But let's say some higher ed marketer is listening to this episode and they want to update their most important piece of real estate of their college campus. How should they go about it? What is one piece of advice how to get started? I always start with competitive analysis. That's, I mean, again, that's just the e-commerce, you know, that's just beaten into my head. I start with a competitive analysis. What are, what are the other folks doing? What are they not doing? Um, I, I think that's where I'd start. And then I also think I would make a, a scratch list off to the side of what do you want to accomplish? What are the problems that you have and what are you trying to accomplish in fixing those problems? Because that keeps you from kind of boiling the ocean because when I started uh, this project uh, in October of, of 22, um, you know, that was the one thing that it was kind of like, oh, we need this, we need this, we need this. And I'm just like, okay, that's not helpful. I need to kind of start from something a little more simplistic. And what I kept coming back to is the current site is a bad user experience. Or, or yeah, the current site was a bad user experience. It was slow. It was old. It had stuff that was wrong and like i said site search was not good i'm like all right that's where i'm going to start is an awesome fast effective experience site search that is just pristine and making everything so easy to find and easily locatable on one page and you know a fly out an academic fly out menu of all of our programs that i mean 
you know, anybody can do it. And, and, and that's what I, that's where I started. But I think competitive analysis is probably where I would begin because I think that's the place that a lot of people don't start. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you can learn a lot. And we, you know, we have some fantastic competitors and that have incredible websites and do an amazing job. And, you know, so we, we definitely look to that to say, okay, you know, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Or, you know, this, this is effective. I would enjoy this if I was, you know, a prospect uh, in, in their funnel. Competitor analysis, figure out your problems, have a goal, aim for it, reach it, crush it. Super episode today, Kathleen. If somebody wants to get in touch with you to learn more about you or how you went about it, how can they get a hold of you? Well, it's easy. You can always find me on LinkedIn. I mean, you know, the hair carries. You can't miss this hair, is what I always say. Uh, but I'm also, of course, located uh, easily uh, in email. It's uh, case.cam at south.edu. Um, and please, no photos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kathleen, thank you so much for being a part of the episode for the podcast. Such a rich, rich um um, value add to the hired institution industry. So really appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. This was you fun. I appreciate it. You got it. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. If you enjoyed it, don't keep it to yourself. Share with your friends in your network. And if you have a moment, I would really appreciate a review of the podcast. That'll help other people find the show as well. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. when I release another episode. Take care now. Have a good one, friends.